there, I'm Sarah, your natural endometriosis expert. Welcome to my podcast. This is the place to be for information, advice and tips on managing your endometriosis naturally. I've been managing my own endo now successfully for about 20 years and I've been running my own therapy business since 2008, helping others to do the same. If you're curious to cut through all the noise and rubbish that's out there and learn the key to managing endometriosis with minimal reliance on drugs and surgery, then this is the only podcast you'll need. Let's get started. Hello there. Today I want to talk about anxiety and endometriosis and the intrinsic link between the two. I'll just start by saying as well that this podcast, um, although I talk about endometriosis all the time, which is my thing, and this podcast episode is actually probably very, very relevant for other people with similar conditions, so conditions such as adenomyosis, fibroids, polycystic ovaries, fertility concerns, and menopause as well, even though menopause isn't a a condition. Um, But the intrinsic link between anxiety and all of these health concerns is pretty much the same as endometriosis. So if you know somebody who is struggling with any of those other conditions, please feel free to pass this podcast episode on. If you are listening with other health concerns other than endometriosis, Obviously, I'll be mentioning endo quite a lot. If you just substitute endo for the health concern that's on your mind, then hopefully it will resonate and hopefully it will help just as much as for those with endo. So why is anxiety such a big thing with endometriosis? It's no exaggeration to say that I have not worked with a single client who hasn't had an element of anxiety with their endometriosis. Anxiety, when you you hear me talk about root causes, triggers and symptoms. Anxiety actually falls into all three of those categories. Not everything does, far from it, but anxiety does. So anxiety can be a symptom of endometriosis, it can be a trigger for endometriosis and it can also be a root cause of endometriosis. And we'll start with the symptom aspect because that's kind of the easiest in many ways to understand, especially if you're new to this concept of, of symptom, trigger and cause. If you are new to the symptom of, re, of root trigger and cause, uh, sorry, symptom trigger and cause, then there's an earlier podcast episode that will, will help you get your head around it. Um, but anxiety as a symptom is kind of the easiest place to start because it's the most explainable. Um, when you have endometriosis, the other symptoms that come with it cause a lot of potentially shame and shame is not a good thing we'll talk about that in another podcast episode but when we talk about um, conditions like endo and the symptoms that come with it we're talking about things like flooding clotting when you're bleeding we're talking about bloating we're talking about fatigue and all of those things can make social interaction incredibly difficult because of the worry or the fear of the shame of what will happen if this symptom suddenly kicks in. So for example, I have worked with countless clients who have skipped days at work, who have missed social events with friends, who have not even committed to social events with friends because of the worry of flooding, because of the worry of pain, because of the worry of their energy levels. They're not just they're just not going to have enough energy to be able to carry out the, the task in inverted commas of, of the meeting whether that be friends or work. And it's actually that fear that's driving that behaviour. 
it's not necessarily the symptom itself, it's the fear of the symptom. Now, don't get me wrong, if you if you wake up one morning and you're just, the fatigue has kicked in and you just cannot get out of bed, that's not anxiety, that is the fear that's impacting. However, sometimes the fear overtakes the actual symptom itself. So some mornings you wake up and you think, oh, I'm so tired, I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Now, the reality is you may be able to, I'm not saying you would be able to, but the reality is on some occasions you may be able to, but the fear of running out of energy, the fear of having to bail halfway through a night out is the debilitating factor rather than the fatigue itself. And it's the same with pain. Now, our pain with endometriosis is real and other conditions as well. It's real. It's not just in the abdomen. It's in our joints. It's everywhere or it can be everywhere. And that pain is real. But the fear of the pain makes the pain even worse. And again, it's exactly the same with whatever pain you're experiencing. So be that pain a sprained ankle or a frozen shoulder. When you have the anxiety around that pain, your muscles tense naturally. And we're going to be talking a lot more about this when it comes to to looking at triggers and symptoms. But your body tenses when you're scared. When your body tenses, it increases your pain levels. So if you have anxiety around the pain, so a really good example of this is a, is a crick neck. If you have a crick neck, you hold yourself differently. You refrain as much as possible from moving your head because your body knows it's going to hurt. You know it's going to hurt, so you don't do it because you're, you're fearful of that pain. Now, to some extent, that's what pain's for. Pain is there so that if we, for example, if we put our hand into a flame, pain is there to tell us that that's, that that's sore that we need to move our hand. So we move our hand and we don't do it again because we know it hurts. That's a natural reaction. We need those reactions. But when it gets detrimental is the fact that actually, is the times when actually we are able to move. It's just the fear of moving because of the pain gets in our way. Now, actually, one of the things that, again, in other podcasts I talk about is movement. Movement when you have endo is really important. And the fear of movement is often what gets in our way. So quite often we won't move, we won't exercise, we won't even do gentle exercise because of the fear of the pain. And actually, when you get those annoying people like me who talk about breathing through their pain, breathing through pain, there's a real reality to this in that if you can relax your muscles, if you can dispel that fear, that anxiety, then your pain levels do significantly drop. That's not to diminish the pain that we're feeling. And it's not to say by any stretch that the pain or any of these symptoms is in our head. It's all very real, but our symptoms are exacerbated by by stress. The flip side of that is, as I've said, they are actually part and parcel of endometriosis in terms of symptoms. So we get worried about our endometriosis. We also get worried about the fact that our body isn't performing as we want to. We get annoyed, we get anxious, we get annoyed and anxious about the future. So we worry about things like having children, we worry about things like um, when we're going to feel better. We tend to really overthink things when you've got a chronic condition like endometriosis because everything becomes that little bit harder in our minds. So that anxiety is real. It's real in terms of our pain, it's real in terms of around the shame and the and the the importance or the impact that the other symptoms is ha- are having in the day to day and it's also in terms of the future in terms of the long term future 
So anxiety is a symptom of endometriosis is real. It comes from the fear of our other symptoms and it comes from the fear of long-term what endometriosis um, is going to, to do to us or to what impact it's going to have. But anxiety as a symptom is really real. Now, as you can see, it also triggers. So this is where we start to delve a little bit deeper into, into endometriosis and why we either get flare-ups or why we have it in the first place. So endometriosis, is a, sorry, anxiety as a trigger for endometriosis, again, is really real. Because we get caught in these spirals, anxiety becomes way more than a symptom. So again, pretty much every person I've worked with, and I can't say everybody, there's at least two people who I can think of that I've worked with who anxiety hasn't necessarily been one of their huge triggers. But for most people, it's one of the major triggers of endometriosis anxiety can flare up your endo. Now, there's a few reasons for this. Um, the first reason is exactly as I've just described in terms of the symptoms. So when you, are when you are anxious, your body tenses, which makes pain even worse. So if pain is one of your major flare-up symptoms, the more anxious you are, the more your body is going to hurt. So it starts to flare up your pain symptoms. And for many people, that pain is a symbol of their endometriosis. For some people, the pain can be the only symptom they get of endo. So if their pain is flaring, that means that their endometriosis is flaring. So the more anxiety you have, the more symptoms like your pain starts to, starts to flare. You also get symptoms like flooding and, um, and clotting. Now, the reasons behind this, I mean, there are many reasons, but one of, the, one of the main reasons is the anxiety. We hold a lot of tension in our abdomen. And when our muscles in our abdomen are tense, things aren't flowing freely. And again, if, if you need a little bit of support around me talking about this, there's an earlier podcast that talks about the, the, the triggers and the causes of endo. But essentially what we want to see in our abdomen is everything flowing free. We don't want any blockages in our abdominal cavity. When we get blockages, that's when we start to see things like clotting. That's when we start to see things like bruising, stagnation, so all the toxic buildup, all the nasty blood, all the smelly blood, all the wind, all the things that we don't talk about, the other symptoms that cause anxiety. That's when we start to see them developing. So the more tension we're holding in our stomachs, the more we see those symptoms as well. So the more we start to see clotting, the more we start to see flooding, the more we start to see the IBS type symptoms. If your stomach is tense, if you are tensing up in your abdomen, then you will start to get stomach problems. You will start to see your tummy reacting in a, a not normal, um, in a not healthy way. So you will start to see constipation. You will start to see diarrhea. You will start to see potentially even blood when you go to the toilet. And again, there's different reasons for this. Obviously, there's lesions and things that, that we see with endo. But one of the big things is that tension in our abdomen. And that is caused a lot by anxiety. When you are anxious, and like I say with the example of the fire, it's, it's, um, it's an intrinsic reaction that's built into us as humans. So in the olden days, um, when we were faced with real danger, when we were faced with... Um, I don't, not necessarily dinosaurs, but saber-toothed tigers and mammoths and those, those kind of particularly life-threatening situations that we would encounter on a regular basis. We have something called fight and flight. 
the fight and flight mechanism is designed to keep us safe in those situations. So if we were wandering through a forest and we came eye to eye with a massive wolf or whatever it was, the fight or flight would kick in. And essentially that is anxiety. But what it does, it sends our bodies automatic messages without us even realising, without us being in control of it, or so we think. We're in more control than we think, but I'll come to that in a second. Um, so without really even thinking about it, without us controlling it, our body goes into fight or flight mode, which has massive repercussions if you're in fight or flight mode for a long time. So some of the things that we talk about around fight or flight are really obvious. So things like we get sweaty palms, that's a reaction to fight or flight. Essentially what fight or flight is doing is getting us ready to run or to fight, to run for our lives or to fight for our lives. So our body prepares us for that. So our legs tense, just in case we need to run. Our shoulders and our arms tense, just in case we need to fight. Our sense of smell, our sense of hearing, our sight gets more acute because we need to be more alert. We don't know if it's just one wolf or a pack of 50 wolves. We need to be more alert for the dangers that are, that are surrounding us. And I, even as we're talking, I'm visualising these wolves and I can feel my body slightly going into fight or flight. That's how acute this reaction is. This reaction is designed to keep us alive and we as humans need that. So we don't want to get rid of this fight or flight, but we need to recognise when our body is going into fight or flight. And like I say, even just thinking about these wolves, I can feel my body starting to react. Um, I can feel my senses heighten. I can feel my, my, my shoulders are tensing just as I'm talking about it. And that's exactly the reaction that we need from our bodies. One of the things we don't necessarily talk about as much with fight or flight is the other thing that happens to our bodies. Because our, our mind is asking our body to focus on fighting or flighting, so running away or, or, or fighting for our lives, our body automatically shuts down a little bit of energy, a little bit of focus from the systems that it doesn't, mean, doesn't deem necessary for running or for fighting. So in the terms of endometriosis, this, um, this really means our reproductive system. It does the same for our digestive system, which can impact as well. So when we talk about the IBS type symptoms, a lot of that comes from the sort of the stress, the stress reaction that our body doesn't deem our digestive system particularly important. So when we talk about sort of dodgy tummies, nervous tummies, that's exactly what's happening. Uh, it's our our body is saying, well, hang on, we don't need our digestive system if we're going to be running or fighting. So we will, to put it crudely, we will either dump what we don't need, what's going to slow us down, which is when we think, oh my goodness, I've got to go to the toilet. That's our body dumping what it doesn't need because we may need to run fast. We don't want anything to, to slow us down. Or the last thing we want when we're running or fighting is to stop because we fancy a, a, a well, I was going to say a three-course meal. We wouldn't have that in the forest in the olden days, but you're not going to be running through the forest away from a wolf and suddenly spy a, a tasty branch and stop and have a nibble. So our our appetite changes, our digestive system changes because our our mind doesn't deem it important to running or to, to fighting. And that's exactly the same for our reproductive system. If you're running away or if you're fighting, you're not suddenly going to think, oh, I, could, I really fancy a child. Or, oh, I feel a bit frisky. That's just not going to be on the cards if you're fighting or you're flighting. 
again, our body deems it unnecessary for survival at that point. So it doesn't shut it down completely, but what it does is take away energy from that system. So in effect, it puts it into sleep mode. So it's still functioning, but it's not functioning to the, to the best of its capability. It's doing what it needs to do to stay alive. So the, the reproductive system is still there, but it's on sleep mode. That's the best way I can describe it. So when you have anxiety as a symptom of your endometriosis, then your body or anything, if you, if you, if you, are, if you are living with anxiety in its own right, because again, a lot of the people I work with have a dual diagnosis of general anxiety disorder or just not just anxiety, but solely anxiety. Um, that means that you're living in a constant fear um, you're living in that constant fight or flight mode. So your body is constantly thinking that your reproductive system isn't needed. So your reproductive system, as well as a few other things, are constantly in sleep mode. And that's heightened because when you actually have something, if you're living with this constant kind of dull fight or flight, when you do have added anxiety, so if you're having a flare up, if anxiety is peaking um, because of endo or because of a driving test or a job interview or because you feel like you've got to ring in sick because that's not a nice thing to do contrary to what a lot of people think in our workplaces we don't enjoy ringing in sick so if you're having to ring in sick if you're having to do these things that you don't want to do your anxiety is peaking again so again that's that's having a massive impact on your on your um, reproductive system and what comes with that is all of the symptoms associated with endo. They are endometriosis symptoms. They're just being exacerbated by the fact that your body is constantly in fight or flight. So you're not getting the energy. You're not getting the blood. You're not getting the oxygen. In my world, you're not getting the chi to your reproductive system. So your reproductive system and your digestive system will be sluggish because they're on sleep mode. So that's when anxiety becomes a trigger for endometriosis as well because you're not your body has at its core an innate ability to heal itself but when it's on sleep mode it doesn't have that ability because it doesn't deem it that important so if you can reduce your anxiety if you can reduce the times that your body goes into fight or flight or the amount of time your body is in fight or flight you are automatically nurturing your reproductive system more and you're giving your reproductive system a chance to repair itself you're telling your body that your reproductive your reproductive system is important now even if um you have been through hysterectomy even if children are not an option for you that does not mean that we don't want this reproductive system to be functioning properly because although it's called a reproductive system it's much much more than just reproduction this is our balance of our hormones this is intrinsic not only to endometriosis but to to so many other things that that happen for us health-wise and emotional health not just physical health so when we talk about hormone balance when i talk about hormone balance stress and anxiety are huge massive massive cause of hormone imbalance and that's essentially why, because the body doesn't deem this reproductive system, in inverted commas, this whole system as important. So therefore, everything is just on sleep mode. And again, there are, there are other things, but hopefully you can start to see the impact that anxiety can have. So if you have anxiety as a symptom of your endo, it can be triggering your endo flare ups as well. 
So that's why it's so important. If you can get to grips with your anxiety, you are already making huge steps towards managing your endometriosis naturally. What I do isn't magic. There's no magic trick to managing endometriosis. Anxiety is one of the cornerstones of what I do and people like me. So if you can really understand whether endometriosis in the first instance, whether endometriosis is a trigger for your, uh, sorry, whether anxiety is a trigger for your endometriosis, then you're halfway to managing your endo. Well, possibly not halfway, but it's a good step towards managing your, your endometriosis. And that, that, that then takes me to root cause. Now, Western medicine tells us that there is no cause of endo, but or they don't know the cause of endometriosis. And I firmly believe that there isn't just one cause for endo, but I do believe that stress and anxiety is one of the root causes. Now, I should say here, um, root causes are a bit um, of a grey area, just in terms of something, you can believe something to be the root cause of your endometriosis, but actually it's a, it's a raw trigger. So there could, there could be something else <laughs> there could be something else that's one of the root causes and actually anxiety is a core trigger it's slightly different that's for another podcast but what we want to see is we need to understand we need to go way back and understand what we had before we had our endometriosis when I talk about anxiety as a root cause of endometriosis we're not talking about sort of light anxiety if you will we're talking trauma we're talking deep-seated fear Um, and this could be childhood it could be adolescence so it's important to understand what came first now even if your endometriosis was already there if you had another root cause but you had this trauma response that trauma response could be a major trigger or it could be one of the root causes, if you think that it came first. So for all the reasons we've talked about anxiety being um, detrimental to our reproductive system, if you had no signs of endometriosis, but you had this trauma response, you had a deep-seated fear response before your endosymptoms kicked in, and then this this trauma response started before your endo, so maybe a year, maybe two years, depends on the severity of the trauma response. That can be one of the causes of your endometriosis. So this is a slightly harder one to combat because it's quite hard to combat a deep-seated anxiety, a deep-seated fear by yourself. But if you think that this is you, so if you do have this trauma response, if you have had something that's happened in your past that you're holding on to, this could well be a major trigger or a root cause of your endometriosis. Now that's not to say that if you clear this trauma, your endo will disappear, because like I say, there tends to be more than one root cause for endometriosis. But again, like I say, I've worked with so many women who have this trauma, um, and who, once we've cleared this trauma, this is the key to living without their endometriosis we can't say it cures it because it will not be cured it it, there is always a chance that this can come back that endometriosis comes back but the deeper you go with your endometriosis the deeper you understand the the causes in inverted commas or the deep-seated triggers the better your chance of getting longer lasting results so if you do have this trauma response so when we talk about trauma response 
this is something that can happen at any point in your life. It's not necessarily childhood trauma and it's not necessarily something, it can it can of course be something really severe. It can of course be something like sexual abuse, emotional abuse. It could also be something that isn't quite as scary but still scared you as a child. So it could be something like, um, I remember when I was a child, um, there was a, a serial killer on the loose and we were told in school that we had to be very vigilant because not to be um, approached by strangers. And I remember that that really scared me. That sort of trauma is real. So it can be something like that. It can be a story you were told. It can be a film that you watched anything that causes anxiety and it might not even feel particularly scary looking back but actually at the time if that created that deep-seated fight-or-flight trauma response and that continued then that can be a real deep-seated cause or a real deep-seated trigger for things like endometriosis Our bodies are incredibly clever. So you'll know if if you've worked out at any point in your life, muscle memory is so, so powerful. Our muscles, if they are told something over and over again, will believe that that's the natural response for them or that's the natural state for them to be in. So if you're training, say, for a triple jump, that's a very specific set of movements and set of strength that your muscles need to have. And the more you train, the more your body understands that that's what those muscles are there to do so that triple jumper now the more they train they're ready for competition that triple jumper instinctively knows exactly what what their what their body is supposed to do if you if you look at um the cyclists i noticed in the commonwealth games when i was watching the commonwealth games the cyclists who go around the velodrome velodrome have very different bodies to road cyclists and you'll see that one side of their body is more developed than the other side of their body their leg muscles on one side are way more developed than the other leg and that's because they're always cycling on one leg well they're not cycling on one leg but you know what I mean our body adapts to what we're telling it and our muscle memory remembers what it thinks we need us to do if we are tensing up If that tension is happening in our shoulders, if that tension is happening in our abdomen, we are telling our muscles to tense all the time. Our muscles intrinsically believe that that's what they're supposed to be doing. They memorise how we're telling them to be. So quite often, if if you've lived with trauma, if you've lived with anxiety for a long time, the muscles will still respond as if you're in trauma, even when psychologically you've healed that trauma. So you may well be, as an adult, you may well be sitting here thinking, well, yes, okay, I had I had this happen at this time and it was traumatic at the time, but I have no emotions left with that. With that. And, and that could be true. You may have done a lot of work on clearing your emotions, but just checking with your physical body, does the impact of that trauma, of that anxiety still reside in your physical body? Are your muscles still tense? Quite often we do quite a lot of work on our emotional side, but we neglect the physical side. We might go to the gym, we might train, we might run, we might do whatever it is, physical exercise, physical movement to get ourselves fit and healthy. But the muscle memory from that trauma is still there. If you've worked with me or if you've heard me talk about emotions sitting within muscles, this is a really good example of how this can happen. So for example, just to sort of lighten the mood a little bit, 
if if you get stressed at work, if you have a particular deadline or if you have a particular colleague that's hard to get on with and that is causing you anxiety, you may well feel that in your in your shoulders. Your shoulders may well tense tense up. When I before I specialized in women's health, although I've always treated people with, with women's health concerns, I also used to treat other people as well. And quite often people just used to come to me because they just wanted relaxation, because they were having a tough week at work. And if you've ever been for a, a, a massage, you will have heard people say, oh, you are stressed, aren't you? There's a lot of tension here in your in your shoulders. That's because most people, or a lot of people, carry their stress and anxiety in their shoulders. Again, fight or flight, you're bracing yourself to hit somebody, so your shoulders are tensing up. If you've got that anxiety, that that te- if you've got that anxiety over a long period of time, that tension becomes normal. So your shoulders think it's normal to be punched, or your shoulders think it's normal to be ready to hit somebody. So you're living with that stress and anxiety, and your shoulders are reflecting that. That stress and anxiety might dip, so you might no, no longer feel stressed. You might have passed that emotional state of stress and anxiety but your shoulders are so used to being tense that they still tense up and you need the massage to relax the muscles to remind the muscles that actually that is not their natural stance their natural status is to be relaxed is to be calm and this is how your body should be your your neck should be long your shoulders should be relaxed and down it's exactly the same in our abdomen if we're carrying the stress and anxiety from whatever trauma it is in our past or even it doesn't need to be that that trauma response it can just be prolonged smaller amounts of anxiety so if you've had anxiety for a number of years it's exactly the same response but if you're holding that response physically in your abdomen you can have recovered emotionally from the trauma you can have recovered emotionally from the prolonged stress from the prolonged anxiety but that muscle tension may still be there so just check in with your body, check in where the areas of tension are. If you've done my my free Reiki, I do monthly Reiki um, healing sessions online for people, for my clients. If you've done those sessions with me, you'll know that nine times out of, out of ten, I start with a body scan. I ask the participants just to check in with their bodies and identify any areas of stress or tension in the muscles, because that can tell you so much about the stress and anxiety that you're holding on to, even if you're not feeling stressed or anxious. So that's when we get the anxiety as a core trigger or even a root cause of endometriosis. Because it's tensing everything up, because our bodies then become tense as the norm, again, it stops things flowing. So if that tension is in our abdomen, I mean, just as an exercise now, just kind of place your hands on your on your abdominal cavity, so pop your hands on your tummy, And just check in with those abdominal muscles. Are they tense now as you're just sitting there? And just see if you can just relax those muscles. Now, this is a really sad thing to say. Please don't shoot me. But a lot of women, or we as women, I should say, we as women, there's a lot of pressure on us to have that flat tummy, to look thin, essentially. So a lot of women, and this isn't a bad thing, this is just what we've been conditioned to do, a lot of women spend a lot of time tensing those abdominal muscles. So even if stress and anxiety isn't a thing at the minute, if you're holding your tummy in to look thin, which again, I'm going off topic here, but again, we do that a lot if, we've, if we're experiencing bloating. We try and keep that tummy in. 
again, our tummy muscles are sort of being conditioned to be tense. So it's actually quite a hard thing to do to relax our abdominal muscles. And then we come back to the anxiety as a symptom as well. Because if you've got flooding, if you're worried about your, your period flooding out, then quite often we try and hold it in. So if you're on your period when you're listening to me and I'm sat here saying, relax your, relax your abdominal muscles, relax your tummy muscles, relax all the muscles around your womb, relax your cervix, there might be a real fight there going on, not only because they used to be intense, but also because there's a slight anxiety about what might happen when you loosen those muscles. So then we get into that cycle again. That's a symptom. The fact that you're holding on to that is fear of flooding or fear of, of whatever may happen, wind, whatever may happen. That anxiety is causing you to hold that tension in that abdomen. So you can see how easy it is to get into this cycle of symptom, trigger, cause. But you can also hopefully see how powerful it is to break that cycle. Once you break that cycle of fear and anxiety, fear and anxiety you're making massive inroads into um, breaking the cycle of your endometriosis and ultimately managing your endometriosis naturally. I'd be really interested to know what you found when we did that quick exercise with the, with, with the tummy muscles. And it's a really, really interesting one to do on a regular basis. Putting your hands on your tummy, just feeling the tension and feeling it relax. And actually with endometriosis, it's not just our, our um, abdominal muscles as well. If you do the same with your lower back, so again, just take a moment just to check in with the muscles around the base of your spine, going through your bum into your hips, just take a moment to check in there and see if there is any tension and see if you can release them. And if you struggle, feel free to join me. It's the last Thursday of every month, 7pm, I think it's 7pm. Um, but if you register for that, it's completely free. Um, you can register for my, for my monthly Reiki sessions and that will just help you hone the skills to, to relax those muscles. But even just checking in and just doing some breath work and picturing those muscles and, and trying to get them to relax. If you're struggling, just try and do it maybe once a day. Just check in there with your muscles and see what impact that has because quite often that can have a massive impact in itself. If you do have any questions about anxiety, um, then do feel free to message me or about anything to do with endometriosis, really. Um, do feel free to message me. I hope that this podcast has been useful. Anxiety um, is a crippling um, condition by itself. But when you couple it with things like endometriosis, then it just becomes a whole different kettle of fish. If you are anxious, um, then hopefully this gives you some element of control back um, because you can control your anxiety. You can control the impact that your anxiety has. It may feel uncontrollable at times, but it is controllable. And the impact of that anxiety is also controllable. If you do need help with how to do that, there's me and there's tons of people like me out there who can help you. And I wish you all the best on that particular journey. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, then please hit the subscribe button and make sure you don't miss any future episodes. You can also leave a review too to help spread the word to managing endometriosis naturally to as many people as possible. That is my mission. 
And if this podcast has inspired you to take the next step to managing your own endometriosis successfully, then please head over to my website, naturalendometriosisexpert.com to see different ways of working with me to bring that dream of living without endometriosis one step closer. Or for less than the price of a posh coffee a month, you can also become a patron to this podcast and get access to a load more endometriosis resources as well as my monthly endometriosis clinic question and answer session. See you next time.